And we're back. And we just finished watching Robert Mulligan's 1962 version of To Kill a Mockingbird based on Harper Lee's novel that was published in July of 1960. Also a Pulitzer Prize winning novel. And one of the few books that I actually thanked a teacher for forcing me to read. It is the story of Jean Louise and Jeremy Scout. I mean, Jeremy Finch otherwise known as Scout and Jem, and they're growing up in Depression-era South. They were in Alabama. In Alabama, right. Alabama. Um, and it, it spans the course of, a, a, I think, a few summers, right? Because first Dill came, and then he left, and then Dill came again, and he left. Yeah, a couple of summers. Summers. And yeah, I hated Dill. So <laughs> Why did you hate Dill? Dill? Dill was she the friend. He was the little boy that, so that they met. In the beginning, they wanted to like investigate Boo, oh. and he dared Jeb to touch the house. Yeah, come on, that guy. I hated that kid. You know, he's a little me. kid. He was, he was a little kid. He didn't have little a dad. Little kids do annoying things. He was always talking about his dad's a pilot or his dad's this. Or the train guy. Yeah. He was so rich. His dad he definitely abandoned them. Exactly. He was living a fantasy life. But um He's still he was still so obnoxious. Yeah. I've seen more obnoxious kids. Agreed. Nah. Yeah. Ha, ha, yeah. Ha, he, ha, ha. So what did you think of the of the movie, Jean? Uh, I thought it was really good. What was your favorite part? Uh, well, you were the one who picked it, so why shouldn't we ask you? We're asking Gracie first. We're, we're going we're gonna to go then, around the table. And then we're going to ask you. Ah. Uh, you know how this works. Come on. Um, hmm. I don't have a favorite part. I no. like the whole movie. It is a, it is a fantastic movie. It, sometimes it's, it's nice. hard. It's a fantastic movie. It's better than nice. It's, sometimes it's hard to take a, a, an existing source material like a novel and convert it into a movie, but I think Robert Mulligan does an amazing job of getting this story across. All the actors are not in it just do heartbreaking performances from Gregory Peck to Mary Bendlin. Is that her name? The girl who played Scout. And just everybody else in between. I think another interesting aspect of this movie is how this southern gentleman who's a widower tries to instill in his children empathy and compassion and a sense of consciousness and he seemed kind of progressive i thought that was interesting how he told his children to refer to him by his first name instead of saying father or dad or papa well, I, Which he, wasn't a typical, <clears throat> didn't seem like a typical Southern... No, he, he would be he, actually be surprised if they actually called him Dad. Well, didn't, uh, in, he, the begin, in the beginning... Very used to, he's very used to the kids calling him his actual name. Well, he asked... He, he, Dad. Did when he ask Scout, or, or Scout just said that, that Jem just started calling him? I thought Scout said that in the beginning that he told them to call him by his first name to kind of put them on equal footing. No. That was never in the movie. No. He, he, Scout basically said that Jim just started calling him that. And so she called him that too. Mm. And he never... He never objected or anything like that. Right, but it's still interesting he that fine. he didn't 
turn that around. That yeah, he it was interesting that he he didn't really care, you know, to be addressed by that title. Uh, at the end though, Jem did call him dad. Yeah. Yeah. So. I wonder why that was. Was it more of a he's finally like truly respected his dad? I don't know. I think he always respected his dad. And, you know, speaking, that's a great thing that you bring up because one of my favorite scenes in this movie is the court scene. And Why do you like the court scene? Olivia, let I'm mom I'm going talk. to explain why I like the court scene so much. I think because you get a sense of who Atticus is as an individual. He took a job, like the neighbor had said, Miss Maudi. He took a job that not a lot of people would have taken because he had a sense of honor, he had a sense of duty, he had a sense of responsibility, he was a lawyer. And the judge asked him to represent Tom Robinson who was accused of this heinous crime. And you come to find out in the trial that Tom Robinson most absolutely did not do the things to Mayella Yule that she claims that he did to her. And I think... Yeah, they're just trying they were trying to pretty much use him as a scapegoat yeah. in this instance. And what really happened, which you can infer just from the information that's given in that one scene, is that Mayella took a liking to Tom, tried to get him to, she tried to seduce him, yeah. and her father find, found out, and her father beat the beat crap the out of her. Yeah. Right. And to cover up the shame of it, basically said, you're going to say this, right. and this guy's going to, he's going to die. Right, right. And I think another extraordinary, extraordinary takeaway from that scene is that she was ready to throw this man under the bus in order to save face. Yeah. With no compunction, with no remorse, which just proved to you what worthless people these were. Worthless. Yeah. They were horrible. Horrible, horrible They were whores. Okay. <laughs> Don't say that word. That's not a bad yeah. word. It's fine. But it doesn't really apply doesn't in this situation. It doesn't apply sense. in this situation. Yeah. But, uh, so, and then, of course, the climax of that scene is that as Atticus leaves the courtroom, Reverend Sykes turns to Scout and says for her to stand up to show respect because back in that time well not just that but here was a good honorable man who did a good job of vindicating this person but because the racism was so embedded in this culture i think yeah, everybody 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 in that, everybody court in that room courtroom knew, knew that bob Ewell was, was responsible was, yeah. for they, what happened to mayella they knew he was innocent but you could not allow Change. that right. to to pass right and in his closing arguments you hear atticus beseech these people like do what's right you have yeah. all this information you know what the right thing to do is. He never says Bob Ewell's name, never points a finger, but basically makes the case that there's there was no way that Tom Robinson was responsible for what happened to Mayella. So that, again, the scene where because of segregation, the whites set seats separately from the, the black 
the they're, blacks they're on the balcony where are it's all like in the super balcony hot. where it's super hot and they're all crammed in together in this tiny space but when Atticus leaves as a, sh- as a sign of respect they all stood up and that's a very very powerful scene because he's in a sense an ally and that comes across very well in the book and I think that the filmmaker did a really outstanding job with that courtroom scene it's it's dense and it, it's compact but it really tells you that story of what really happened to this woman mm-hmm. what, what right. olive what what did you think of the movie it was good what was your favorite part i don't really know but my least favorite part was when they shot that dog Oh, the mad oh, dog. dog. Well, oh, wait. spoilers. Oh, that's okay. We'll We're put a given. We'll it's put a, a note. This it, is a book a, from the 1960s. It's, yeah, yeah. It's a 60-year-old movie. Uh, I think the spoiler alert warning on this one is off. It's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of irrelevant it's at this irrelevant. point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a great scene too. I mean, also little glimpses of of Atticus as an individual, where the sheriff tells Jem basically, like, "Oh, didn't you know your daddy was the best." shot in this county yeah that's like one of the things that that develops over time that 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 i believe led up to what we were talking about is is jem doesn't seem to really know his father that well i mean atticus is very open and honest with his kids Mm -hmm. but jem i don't i don't know if if growing up where he is he he doesn't really see his dad as or sees atticus as he calls him as I guess a, almost like a role model at this point mm-hmm. and over time that sort of develops that his father actually has facets that he doesn't know about as right. far as I mean up to that point it just seemed like Jim just saw his dad as sort of the the disciplinarian and that disciplinarian. that he's Maybe that his dad was weak in a way, like like in the very beginning, the scene where he Although wouldn't he, come, he wouldn't come out of that treehouse unless dad played football for the for the Methodists. Yeah. Or what? And his father was like, "I'm too old for that." Right. Right. And he's like, "Ah, you're too old for anything." Right. 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 You know. So I think he sees his dad as as sort of weak. He's not a he's not a working man. He basically works as a lawyer. He's wearing a suit. He's not like tilling fields and whatnot. And then... More rugged. Over time, he sees that his dad... There's more to his dad. There's more facets to this man. And he's he's, he's a capable guy. Yes, yes. I mean, he puts down the mad dog. He, he faces down that crowd. He faces down that crowd. I mean, he went out there by himself, stood in front of the jail with a lamp and a book... He didn't even take a gun or anything. Yeah. And those guys, if those kids didn't show up, they, they probably would have either beat the hell out of Atticus or killed him outright to right. get it to get at Tom. Right. And there was that, and thank God for Scout because her words are what turned those that especially Mister Cunningham right especially Mister Cunningham yeah, yeah there's no shame in uh, what was it Rep, uh, entitlement entitlements aren't bad. Yeah, because I mean, his his father did something for him, right. and his father Atticus could have been like, you know what, screw you, you got to give me money. Right, right. He and under- he says he that un- he understood the community. He was part of the community. Atticus was part of the community. Right, right. and he helped the community he because helped the community. he would take cases like Cunningham's and expect just 
what was it? He paid him in hickory, hickory or nuts, and, hickory and, nuts, and, and, and some sort of something they ate earlier in the week. Right, right. And these weren't rich people because no, that was he, another thing. They got into a fight. Uh, Scout first day of school gets into a fight with his son. Mm-hmm. And instead of, I mean, first thing they invite the kid over for dinner. Dinner, right. Right, yeah. and the kid eats like he's never he's eaten never before. He's never seen food in his life. Right. So these are these are poor people, and Very poor. Atticus knows them, and is he may be a lawyer, but he is part of that community. community. Right. And I think Scout may not not Scout. I think Jem may not have truly realized that. Right. And then even more so when his he he gains even more respect for his father when he sees his father stand up for that man in court. And do his damnedest, and Still, prove yeah. prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that this guy is not guilty at all. And still, the deep seated racism the, in the, the the institutionalized racism just you, it doesn't matter. This guy was guilty from the get go. Right, solely based. You will probably of his skin. was hoping that mob would have killed him before the court even began, because then when that stuff came out, he was embarrassed. Right. Right. Which set off the whole chain of events in the final act of the movie, and uh, yeah, very powerful stuff. Very I mean, we're strong. living through some strange times right now as well, and I think that that's the reason I picked this movie was because this is something that, as a country, as a society, we've been dealing with for hundreds and hundreds of years. People say that this country is built basically on slavery and they're not really wrong about that um unfortunately this country has looked down on people of color and built an industry in jails and whatnot to pretty much suppress this population and i think i mean i think maybe having read the book again this was a book that i read in high school like your teacher forced you that I was assigned to read and in a way looked at as being forced to read but this and the picture of Dorian Gray were two of the books that I actually enjoyed so much portrait Portrait is a picture so To Kill a Mockingbird and The the Portrait of Dorian Gray were the two books that I actually went back to my teacher and said thank you for having me read this I felt like both stories really resonated with me, but more this one than anything, because I think it's 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 true to life. It's true it, to life, it, and it's it'll hit in a way that a fictional fantasy like Dorian Gray will never hit. Right. Because this stuff is happening, and it's been happening for so long. damn long, yeah. and it's still. I mean, we're. It it's was 19, 20, 19, uh, a book written in nineteen sixty talking about. Something that's taking place in 1930. Yeah. And it still resonates today Dang. in 2020. Yeah. So okay, this... that's almost 100 years. And that's like... Crazy. 1930 was what? Like 90 or some odd years yeah, after about... slavery ended? And, yeah. and still... We're it, having it, these we're discussions. S- we're still dealing with these, these things. And it just hasn't gone away. Right. And it's amazing. It, it's you'd say you'd say, oh, that's that's a time capsule. No, it's it's it's, it's happening it's here relevant. now. It's, yeah. it's amazing what you could find in, in these older films when they get them right. They get them right. And yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird, they they really get it right. Uh, yeah, we another movie that we should probably discuss is Inherit the Wind. 
and you and I have had this discussion because that as well resonates even uh, the, to this day. The speeches, the courtroom speeches and Inherit the Wind are phenomenal. You could basically say you, it you now. You could say them now and it would mean the exact same thing. It would have the same impact. You wish people would say those things now because it, it's almost like, oh my God, they predicted this situation. They predicted that lunacy would, would take over, which it has. <laughs> favorite characters, Olive G. Do you have a favorite character in the movie? Not really. Not really? Ah, so blunt. You don't even want to think about it. Not Atticus, the lawyer, dad, all around good guy. What about Scout? Wasn't she like an interesting little girl like that? She's, she's she was Atticus's hero. She was beating the hell out of kids, like you know. Yeah, <laughs> left and right. She was a brawler. She was a brawler. She wasn't going to take was anything sitting down. I think you know it, it's funny not to sidetrack here, but another powerful image or takeaway from the courtroom scene is I feel like of all the people, I feel like all the black folks that were sitting in the balcony sort of assumed that this is where this situation was going to go. I don't think they had any doubt that that this was what was going to happen. I think that they respected Atticus for fighting the good fight. But my take, another takeaway of mine from that scene was the disillusionment on Jem's face when he realizes that there's that loss of innocence because you think that here's my father, the lawyer, who presented an airtight case. Like you said, everyone in that courtroom knows exactly what happened, and yet this jury found this man guilty. Of something he didn't commit. Of something that he didn't commit, and are willing, because I think, I believe, the death penalty was on the table for this crime. Or am I? Or am I just? Am I remembering stuff from the book? Because obviously the book is obviously more fleshed out. There's more details and stuff in the book. I I could swear that that was. I I wouldn't be surprised if the death penalty was involved. I mean, this is this is like 1930s America. America. South. It's it's the ultimate. Oh my God, a, a black guy and a white woman. Right. Remember when the lawyer for the state was like, "You felt sorry for a white woman." Yeah. Like he was like. He was like a shocked. It's yeah. Like, how dare you? Yeah. You that you think that. that you're so above are a white you, woman. Are you better than her? You right. Know, it's like, right. That what? scene was very, ugh, very tough to watch because a lot of that ideology exists to this day, where people feel that they can judge people solely on the color of their skin. Yeah, especially poor and ignorant. And better, better poor, ignorant white guy than a than a than a black guy. Right. And that sort of sentiment rings true today. Through to this day. Yeah, and, absolutely, absolutely. And it's it's if you broke it down, you'd see poor is poor, and you're both being treated like crap. But because you have like this weird oh the, notion the, the, that the, I'm better know, than the, the proud South. Yeah, my. My family came over in the Mayflower. Yeah. Whatever. Or whatever. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> so I think I, that to me was another impactful part of that courtroom scene where you see the disillusionment on, on, on Jem's face. Just the whole, like, how could this happen? 
and that and that sort of leads to a loss of innocence because you feel like I think most children have a certain notion of things the way they should be. I think an example yeah, when, when you're a little kid, the good guy should win. You right. Know, There's pe- a very people are, people are good definitive bad, sense bad, of right bad and wrong. People are like strange outliers, and they and justice will win out in the end. In the end, and it, unfortunately, and to see it just happen right before your eyes, and have your dad be such an instrumental part of witnessing the failure of the justice system, system. Yeah. and that no, sorry, good guys don't always win. Sometimes the innocent people get just killed, and that, I mean, yeah, thirty. How many years? Spoiler alert! But uh, Tom Robinson meets his end because uh, he because he allegedly went nuts yeah. and ran away. Right, and, and the and the reason killed him. And the reason he prop well, who even knows if he ran away? No, right, that that's the one of, thing. That was a load of crap. Although, like you always, you could you could also make the case that he ran away because he knew what was going to happen. Right, his fear took over, and he. I mean, I doubt. Again, I, I'd have to read the book again. I remember loving it so much. I'm almost mad at myself that I didn't read it before we saw this movie. But I think I will try to dig up a copy. Actually, you did read it before we watched this movie. It didn't. You watched it many years before we watched this movie. Well, I watched it, but the movie and the book are semantics. semantics (laughs) Yeah. I know know you like correcting everything. The what, book is the know, book is more detailed, basically. Um, that obviously, she's Harper Lee has more license to world build and and expand and lay out portions of the story better than you would in a film. But I think Mulligan does an excellent job of bringing that book to the screen and highlighting. A lot of the important information. I like the use of the the narrator. I guess it's probably Scout as a young adult or even an older person recounting this time in her youth where so many things happened that changed the course of their young lives. It's almost like a coming of age. When you come of age, you get to that point where you move into that next phase. You're not a child the rose-colored glasses come off and you see more of the world for what it is and how it is. And I think that while some things remain the same, I think there can be change. And I think that people like Atticus usher in that change by being those people. When Miss Morty, the neighbor, says to them, there are men in this world that have like these awful jobs that they're assigned and your father is one of them. I'm sure in a perfect world, Atticus wouldn't have taken that job, but the judge came to him that night to ask him to, to, to represent Tom Robinson in court. And as a lawyer, as, as, as a professional, as someone sworn to the duty of, of defending a client, he took that case. Yeah, I, I think that he chose Atticus because he knew that Atticus would do the best, the job. best job possible right. for that guy. Guy, right. And he even says he even says that when he's speaking to to uh, to Jem, he says, "If I didn't do this, I would not be able to hold my head, head right, or tell you and your sibling anything because I I wouldn't be able to look at myself, yeah. the shame of of having turned my back on another human being." And I think another powerful thing is he 
in earlier conversations, race doesn't play a part. He just addresses Tom as this as a man, as a gentleman. In the trial, he says the word Negro, but before that, he doesn't. Not really. It only comes up in the trial, and I think that that was powerful. And I don't know. I don't remember if that's how it is in the book, but it's a powerful choice of the filmmaker in telling the story, and then. The ending, where we talk, I was talking about how like Atticus is, is is a proponent for change. People like Atticus are the people that smash the old ways and usher in new ways. And by instilling those values in their children, then their children go into the world and hopefully make it a better place. I think another lovely scene was Sheriff Tate at the end. Here's here's a man who's sworn to do a duty as a sheriff to uphold the law. And he basically says, Bob Ewell still suffering from embarrassment of being shown up at this trial, tries to hurt Jem and Scout. And then you have the character of Boo Radley come and defend the children and ultimately kill Bob Ewell. And then when they're at, yes, Nobody was nobody was sad to see that guy go, no, and it yeah, it was a piece of. Probably happy too. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's a piece of crap. A piece of crap is right. Anyway, so at the end, when kind of get to the bottom of it, it was interesting because it felt like Atticus just really believed that Jem killed him, and then when the sheriff is like, "Do you think Jem did this?" Because that's not what happened, and then it dawns on on Atticus what really happened. And then the whole speech from the sheriff, like, you can't, as far as I'm concerned, Bob Ewell fell on his knife. knife, Yeah, Yeah, and that's it. And that's the case. And it's closed as far as I'm concerned. And I think that that scene, too, is powerful because here's someone who is living in this timeline, is living entrenched in this socially unjust culture, but... He even says, you know, an innocent man died. An innocent man died. And the guy who killed him is now dead. And as far as I'm concerned, the slate is clean. And we move on from here. So really, really powerful stuff. Again, I I would love to... I got to read the book again. I'm I'm sure I will find it as mesmerizing and as enthralling as I did as a junior in high school. But kudos to Harper Lee. I have no desire to read the sequel or the prequel to this book, whatever it is. I've heard so many awful things about it. (laughs) And it's just, yeah, it's just devastating to me because to me, To Kill a Mockingbird, and again, I haven't really read it since maybe college because I remember there was a point where I would read these books over and over again. I haven't really read it since college. A lot of life has happened. A lot of memories have faded, but uh, I'm sure that it's still one of the greatest American novels ever written. So kudos to Harper Lee for creating this lovely world and really holding the mirror up to society and saying, this is who we are and we can be better. Good. Um, Any closing thoughts? Scale of 1 to 10, G, what would you give the movie? Uh, 8.50. 8.50. Dad? Uh, yeah. 8, 8.5. 8, 8.5. Olive G? Mm-hmm. You could be honest. 
If you didn't like it, it's if okay. You, if you didn't like it, it's all right. It's yeah. not really a it's not really a movie geared towards an eight year old. Yes, exactly. It's not so a kid's if, movie. If, if you were a little it, there's bored, some heavy it's stuff right. going on. I would give it a six. 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 I was bored. You're easily bored, unless it's Minecraft. You're easily bored. <laughs> I understand. I am going to give this movie a nine. I think again, it's amazing. Robert Mulligan did such a lovely job bringing a book to the screen. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it works gangbusters. I think this is one of those cases. This movie won a Best Writing Adapted Screenplay Oscar, won for Best Actor for Gregory Peck, and won for Best Art Direction, and rightly so. It probably should have won for Best Director and Best Picture. I can't remember who did, but still an important piece of literature, an important piece of American cinema, and something that I hope and recommend that parents out there watch it with your kids, have those discussions. They're very, very important. We all bleed red, we all cry, we all feel happiness, we all feel sadness. It's not right that there are people out there that feel like because of the color of their skin, they have a bullseye on their back. It's just not right, and it's not fair. And I think the rest of us really need to use our platforms and our voices to get the message across that we're all in this together. I don't know what it's like to walk in those shoes. I can't imagine as a mom having to tell my kid what to do if they're confronted in a, in a situation that could potentially be violent and cost them their lives. I, it, it, it makes me shudder, it makes me sick. I, I don't know how black women do it. I really don't. It breaks my heart. Anyway, that's it for us. And we'll talk to you all very, very soon. Good night. Night. night.